This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Westwood One Podcast Network. The hardest journey I ever went through that really, in my opinion, forged uh, the never quit, overcome mindset that I talk about was uh, my failure as a young leader. And it was making mistakes as a young leader and not really owning those mistakes at that time. Never quit. Never quit. Never quit radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. All right, all right. What's really happening? Yeah, we got one of our own coming in on this one. Probably one of the best-looking frogmen. I would say extremely attractive. In the teams. Absolutely. Hands down. Wears it well. He does. Nobody, I don't know anybody Just goes to show you, you can get or accomplish anything in the community. Yeah, even with a bullet hole in your face. He was an ugly, he was ugly he was ugly beforehand. I was just looking at some of the stuff. All, all the Terrible. Stuff. It, it's crazy how much when a team guy gets injured like that. Like he was, it, it's pretty. It's a good job to become a Navy SEAL anyway. It's pretty exceptional. It's hard to do, man. And then the guys get torn up like that. And then look what he did now. He just shot even further in there. So I mean, it's it's something, man. I hadn't talked to him in a while. Every time I, I see him, I'm like, God, man, you you just aren't getting any better looking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he's got a good sense of humor right. about it. Uh, oh, man. Had one, had you one need of to know the harder we hound on each other. If we're not messing with each other, that means that we don't like like them. The harder they that you get picked on, the more loved you are. So we That's have, why I get picked on so much, huh? Uh, <laughs> guess, uh, yeah. If you were wondering. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Jay had a, he had a good run. Still having a good run, actually. Talking about somebody who just didn't let anything get in his way. I think if I'd have got shot in the face, I'd have been like, I'm gonna chill for a bit. That was in ten, right? Two thousand and ten? I think that's when that went down or around that because oh five was bad for us and ten was bad for us. You should probably know that since it's on the podcast, but I'm sure he'll fill us in on the day though. He's got better I think he's got better stories than one than when he got shot in the face. Oh he does. I know. Absolutely. That's what I was talking about, man, and just in the teams and everything he had done overcoming that one obstacle and, and then motoring forward. I like just sitting next to him, man. He's one of the guys you can just go around the team room and sit around and listen to him tell his stories and learn more from him than you could go out and He's got such an upbeat attitude too. Yeah. No matter what. That's infectious. I, did you know him before that? Before he got hit? Uh uh-uh. I didn't either. No. No, but it's going to be good, man. You guys are going to enjoy uh, the guest we got coming on today, man. He truly is. A, he's a great frog man. He's a, a great friend. And he's just a overall, he's an, he's an epic man, man. He does everything that he's accomplished and, and gone through. But before we get into that, we're going to bring you a, uh, a listener story. Our listener story comes from Mark Warden, a uh, fellow Bearcat, actually. So get some. This one's, uh, this one's close to home. So in case anybody's wondering what a Bearcat is, 
We don't have any idea that's either, but so it sounds terrifying. ferocious. Yeah. Mark, uh, Mark writes, this is my, my never quit story starts with my grandfather. He was a World War II vet and a Purple Heart recipient who taught me more than any other human being on the planet. When, thing got, when things got tough for me, he would always say, call Percy, is what his grandfather would say, call Percy. The first time I heard him say this, I didn't know what he meant, and he explained it to me in three simple words, persevere, persevere. never quit. I thought life was tough when I would struggle with algebra in school. He would tell me again, call Percy, repeatedly. Then he would show up and take me fishing. Only I would find out after we would go to the lake that he had gone and bought all my school textbooks to the fishing trip, and it would be a fishing lesson for me, not only in algebra, but in life. I learned to persevere. As I got through high school, I felt a calling to serve my community. I attended Sam Houston State University for a short stint, then enrolled in the East Texas Police Academy in Kilgore, Texas. Perseverance would play a vital role in my life in my law enforcement career. In April of 2000, after only six months on the police force, I got the call I had hoped that I would never get as a police officer. Shots fired. Officer down. I responded to the scene to find one officer fatally wounded and another bleeding heavily from a gunshot wound. I had known both officers personally, and both had been mentors to me early in my career. Even though they had worked for a different agency, I did as any officer would do. I helped secure the scene and provide aid to injured officers until the ambulance arrived. He survived and continued his law enforcement career. I was at a crossroad. I could let fear overtake me and quit, or I could bust my butt and continue to make a difference. I chose the latter. I continued what would become a great law enforcement career in a mid-sized city. I worked patrol, SWAT, hostage negotiations, and as a detective in every division. I left full-time law enforcement and went into the oil and gas industry. I am now in upper-level management. I still continue to serve my country as a police officer part-time because that's who I am. I still call Percy every time things get tough. I just want to thank you guys for spreading the Never Quit message, and thank you all for your service to our great community. Mark, God bless, brother. Thanks for reaching out and stay the course. Thank you for serving our country on the police force. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you love the TNQ podcast? If so, share the show with a friend. The show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, and pretty much any other podcast player. We've got a ton of great episodes and had some incredible guests, including J.J. Watt, David Goggins, Laird Hamilton, Mark Wahlberg, Peter Berg. Lots of them. And the list goes <laughs> the list on, goes and, on, on and, on. and on. Hey, if you're already following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, every place people do social stuff, then you know that we keep our followers up to date with new gear, new sales, new guests, new events, and tons of other stuff you're not going to get anywhere else. If you're not following us yet, you can get us at uh, team underscore never quit. You can keep up with Marcus at Marcus Latrell, Morgan at Mojo Latrell, and me, Andrew Brockenbush, on Instagram. Have you checked out the new gear we've added to the TNQ shop? New shirts, hats, and backpacks. No matter where you find yourself, this stuff never quits. Head over to the shop, teamneverquit.com, and get yours now. All right, let's get back to the show. Get the gear that won't let you quit on yourself. Get the gear that don't quit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. Today our guest is one of our own, Jason Redmond, man. he uh, We were in the teams together. Everybody kind of afterwards went our own separate ways and developed our own families and businesses and whatnot. And now he's been very successful in everything that he's done. Man, I'm excited to have him on here. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, brother. Good seeing you. Hey, brother, great to reconnect with both you guys. 
So thanks for having me on. You're such a good looking man. I mean, you know, Hey, listen, I know your whole life you've been straight, but you look at this hair and you're questioning yourself. Man, you know, it's the tendencies. It's the tendencies. You wear it well. I have that effect on people. (laughs) Uh, He owned the room. All right, brother, you know what we do on here, man, when we get get guys like you on to tell some of their greatest never quit stories, their greatest accomplishments, their hardest moments, man, and uh, throughout your life, personally, man, we've known each other for a long time. I know that that you've been through a lot, and I've watched you overcome a lot. Matter of fact, there's a lot of times you you teach me more about myself than than I ever could have or or than most have just by what what you've had to go through. What we do, man, is with our audience, and we've created a team here of people who just – all they want to do is embrace that never quit attitude and persevere through all of their, their hard times. And I can't think of anybody that better exemplifies that than you. So we're going to go ahead and start this thing off, man. And, um, if you will get into a little bit about your life and tell our listeners about some of your, uh, your greatest never quit moments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, no crazy story growing up. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but came from a military family and just always had that laser focus that I wanted to join the military and I wanted to be a team guy. Uh, although, you know, I wasn't the uh, average stereotype of what I think a lot of people think of what a team guy is. You know, I think when most people meet the two of you, they think, oh, yeah, that's what I had in mind for a team guy, you know, over six foot tall, Damn full right. of muscles, you know, devastatingly handsome. That is the biggest misconception I run into all the oh, time. Is people think, I was like, no, you got, and they asked me too, they're like, hey, what do uh, Navy SEALs look like? I mean, we look like everybody. I mean, you take one guy from kind of each walk of life and throw them into, into one unit. Well, they're definitely not as tall, like, like Jason said. Most of them aren't Six four, six five. Yeah, I, I tell people that I was like, we're like a fratern, a college fraternity that gets to play with military hardware. Yeah, no, that's a fact. We're probably one of the greatest fraternities in the world. I actually joke with people. It's like, it's like when you're in the SEAL teams, it's like being a member of a twelve year old club, yeah. except you get uh, incredibly devastating weapons, a big budget, and you get to make strategic impact. I heard somebody say the other day, sixth graders with weapons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. I mean, I, dude, I fell out. I hadn't heard that before. I think a psychiatrist actually told him that too, because when he said it to me, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, we're sixth graders with weapons." I'm like, "Oh man, that's perfect." That 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 is a true statement. Because uh, yeah, man, we we get to have that uh, juvenile mentality in the teams, and and oftentimes that that's what you miss. Uh, you know, you miss the bullshit and then just that time together. So, I mean, you got, that's kind of a good point, man, because you said, I mean, that, with that juvenile mentality, when we say it out loud, people say, well, you know, but you got to understand, man, some of the stuff that we have to do, only that juvenile mentality would allow you to do it. That's why kids get in trouble all the time. But basically, you know, we have to go do the stuff that we're normally not supposed to do. That's what war is, right? We're going in against it. So if you, you can't embrace that mentality, it, that's, those are the guys who struggle with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's what lightens things up. When I mean, I can't tell you how many times, and I know both you guys' experiences too, you'd be in a moment where your heart was up in your chest and you were like, dude, any minute now, you know, the shit's about to hit the fan and, you know, you can feel your heart in your throat and you're just locked on and somebody will make some stupid, oh, <laughs> some dude. stupid comment, you know, uh, about, you know, uh, body fluids or something that you can't help but laugh in that moment and it breaks the tension. And that's what I miss. You don't see that in the civilian world, especially in this politically correct world we live in. I mean, God forbid you say something that somebody might find offensive. And, you know, with that juvenile mentality and the SEAL teams, nothing was off limits. It didn't matter. No. You know, race, creed, color, you know, everybody came from different backgrounds, different sizes. And, and the one common denominator, everybody got picked on. Everybody got made fun of. Nothing was off limits. No, it was like God's way of throwing levity into our most horrible moment. And it, it, it is right, man, because we all come from different backgrounds, colors, creeds, and religions. And when we get in there, we become one like one person, one, we all have that, you become a, you are that, that's what we become, that seal mentality. So where you come from, you actually make fun of it because it's what you were, right? And, and we're the only, the only person who can make fun of yourself is you, right? And your buddies. So when we're, we're picking on that, that older version of us because it was weaker or whatever it was, and that's what brings that, that moment in there. Because if we didn't have that, man, you definitely wouldn't have the numbers of guys making it through. That's not somebody that does. Man, look, the reason we say never quit all the time is because we're always thinking about it because it sucks so bad. And literally, you get to the (laughs) point where, like, hey, man, I would have quit a long time ago. I just like watching this son bitch suffer. It's so the faces he makes and the shit he says makes me laugh so hard that it's worth sticking through this. (laughs) Yeah, 
I want to see what that guy's going to say next. <laughs> right? I'm going to I'm going to follow him out of nothing but curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that yeah, and then dude, wherever the road takes us. Yeah. All right, buddy, go ahead. Let's let's get into that never quit story. Yeah, man, you know, so I I'll tell you the uh I look at three major things that have happened in my life. And I mean, and all of them, you know, everybody has tons of different uh experiences throughout their life. Some big, some little. Um, in, in my new book that's coming out, I talk about them as life ambushes that everybody in life is going to have these hard moments. Uh, some of them are the little tiny moments that occur in your mind. I call them micro ambushes. You know, when that little voice inside your head says you can't do something or you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not big enough, wrong race, creed, color, whatever it is, you know, those are, that's one small level. The second level is like scheduled disruptions. And then we have the major life ambushes. You know, obviously, Marcus, what, what you went through on your day, uh, Morgan, when you were in the helo crash, I mean, obviously in my firefight, that's a major life ambush. It's something that'll forever leave a physical, a mental or an emotional scar on you. Especially if somebody's and, taken, if they take somebody from you that was there. Uh, yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, when I, when I talk about major life ambushes, I mean, if you look at the lower level, uh, and, and people that are out there listening to this would say, well, that's not a lower level ambush, but in the grand scheme of things, it is. And that'd be something like, you know, uh, the sudden ending of a relationship or a divorce, business failure, bankruptcy, and then it starts to get in personal injury, illness, um, you know, the loss of a loved one, uh, uh, to somebody close to you, sexual trauma, all the way up to the unexpected loss of a child is one of the biggest ones I've seen have an impact on people. But uh, I, I think those are the big moments where you have to have that never quit mentality. And you definitely see a lot of people out there that get into moments like this and uh, and they crumble, man. They, they, they lose who they were uh, and they're never quite the same. And then there's those of us who have taken our experiences and turned them into something positive to help others. Like, you know, both you guys have. I mean, Morgan, you, uh, you know, with your focus on, you know, mental health and the brain and Marcus, you with helping other people develop that never quit mentality. So it was kind of flipping back. It was the same for me. Uh, and interestingly enough, a lot of people talk to me about my firefight and, you know, getting shot in the face and all that other stuff I had to go through in four years of surgeries as being the hardest uh, was that the hardest thing you went through? And and it actually wasn't. Um, don't get me wrong. It was incredibly hard. Right. But really, the hardest journey I ever went through that really, in my opinion, forged uh, the never quit, overcome mindset that I talk about was uh, my failure as a young leader. And it was making mistakes as a young leader and not really owning those mistakes at that time and really pushing back against them. And uh, this is kind of a common theme I see when people go through uh, life ambushes, especially if it's something that they cause. We tend to be in denial. We don't want to admit we messed up. And ego and uh, arrogance tend to get in the way. I know it did with me. And, you know, it, it took me down this long, hard road where I almost you know, ended my own military career just because I was a knucklehead and I was willing to humble myself and listen to some of the advice that leaders were trying to give me. But in that process of spiraling down, um, yeah, man, I, you know, I had several guys who said, Hey man, I don't want to work with this guy anymore. And you guys know in our community, your professional reputation is everything. Um, so to have your teammates who you wear this trident with say, I don't want to work with that guy. I mean, that's about the lowest blow you can ever, that you could ever take. And I'll be honest, when I was in Afghanistan and I hit that rock bottom, when all that happened, I, uh, the only time in my life I've ever thought about this, I went back to my room and, uh, obviously had all our combat gear and, uh, sat down in my chair, just like this. Uh, my desk was right across from me. My bed was to the left and my, my gear was on the rack, uh, right next to where we were at Marcus you know exactly where I'm talking about. This is at Camp Ouellette. This was actually only a couple months after uh, you came back. And I reached into my uh, I reached into my gear and pulled out my pistol. And I put it in my mouth, and uh, and I thought that that was the answer. And um, thankfully, you know, the big man above kind of punched me in the back of the head. And on the table in front of me was a picture of uh, Erica and the kids. And I was like, "What the hell are you doing, man?" 
And uh, I put that pistol away and I recognized I needed help. And I went and saw the chaplain on base there at Bagram. Yep. And uh, just kind of started a new road of humbling myself and coming to understand what it was to be an effective leader, especially a combat leader. And it was a long, hard road because, you know, just because you've changed your behavior after you've messed up, you know, and you tell people you've done this doesn't mean people are going to go, oh, you've changed. Roger that, man. Well, welcome back. You know, it's only through sustained superior performance and time that they're going to both, you know, that you've got to earn back that trust and that respect. And I'll be honest, that took me about a year and a half, a year and a half of grinding, of being humble, of constantly, you know, being being there first, leaving last all the more, you know, basically just being a good leader and what we need to do and looking out for the boys and placing myself last in the equation. But uh, to this day, that is the longest, hardest road I've ever walked. And I'll be honest, God works in interesting ways because, you know, it was only about, I don't know, two and a half years after that happened that I was wounded. And when I was wounded, I was like, okay, this sucks. But you know what? You've been through worse. And I'm going to drive forward through this no different than what, uh, you know, no different than climbing out of that deep, dark hole of uh, making those mistakes. Man, the, the hardest thing to do sometimes is look inward and becoming a good leader. It's hard in our community. I mean, officers, you guys get – it's a raw deal for you guys from the beginning, especially if you you, you, get, you mess up because that's all we have is our reputation. And ultimately what you become is a great listener. I mean, good leaders will sit back and watch and know everything and hear, you know, see what when they walk into a room, which guy's in charge, who thinks they're in charge, who really knows what they're doing, who doesn't, who acts, and so forth and so on, man, and just – getting to know all of your, your family. That's because, man, the only way we do the things that we do are because you, whether your boys back you up. That's the hardest thing, man, and, and to uh, to acknowledge it's even harder. Like most guys would have just punched out. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough at my retirement ceremony, uh, a guy that both you guys know, uh, super respected uh, one-legged officer, I'll just leave it at that, yeah, spoke at my is, retirement boy. ceremony. And he said to me, uh, you know, I'm one of the very few people he had ever seen who had damaged his professional reputation at the level I did and then came back <laughs> and, and earned back the trust of the guys to leave on a respected level. So that, to me, uh, was probably everything I was ever looking or not looking for, but, you know, it was an amazing validation. Yeah, from that guy. So I, and my advice to anybody, I mean, I tell people now, I'm like, listen, man, you know, I, I am a, um, a master I don't want to say a master, but I am a student of overcoming failure, major adversity and hardship. So anybody out there that's gone through that, it's never too late. It's never too late to turn it around. Uh, But it is not going to be an easy journey and there's no shortcut. Who'd you, I mean, you said you talked to the chaplain, who just for the listeners out there, how did you navigate those unfamiliar waters when you came to that realization? Because most people, when they say, look, I need to make a change, but I don't know how. So screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and take the easy route. But you made a conscious effort to say, hey, look, this is wrong. This is I need to correct this. And you're right. It takes longer than just coming back next week and going, I'm good. I'd be interested to, to hear. And so with listeners, I'm sure of who else did you reach out to? I mean, the chaplain, your what platoon chief, your CO, your wife. Yeah, it was definitely a combination of all of the above. And I'd love to tell you that that moment when I went and met with the chaplain, there was this instant click and I suddenly switched over. Uh, I'll be honest, it took about six months. It was kind of a six-month growth process of really looking inward and studying myself and coming to understand myself and having a few things happen. So, um, you know, what I talk to people about oftentimes is, you know, you you guys know this phrase super well, uh, the idea that any point of attack any point of ambush is the X. And in order to survive, you have to get off the X. So this is something I've been talking to people a lot about. But sometimes it takes longer, depending on what's happening in your life, to get off the X. Sometimes there's a little bit of time to understand where we are. And sometimes when you sit on the X too long, it's like quicksand. It sucks you down. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. 
LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. First part of it, we're just supposed to sit there and let it unfold. Remember that? It was like, all right, man, yeah. it's just got to sit because if you make a quick reaction, you're going to go, you go the wrong way. Preferably, and you, you hit that, te- that secondary, that tertiary, because they're all lined up waiting on you. And that, you're right, man. It's that that's where the experience comes in from, from from the young guys to the older guys. And that's why we're a team, because it's collective. You see something you don't know, especially out there. There's no it's not a problem saying, hey, man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Can you please let's uh, instead of acting like it, let's just sit and, and talk this out, make a plan and then make and then the leader makes the decision. Right. I mean, you truly are a frog, man. And you, you start in there, you, you go as hard as you can. You, if you burn down to a hole to nothingness, man, where you, it's kind of like going back through buds again. It's, it is. It's like, it's like a day-to-day deal. Like, the only easy day was yesterday. The reason we say that is because every day's got some shit in it. And if you keep dragging stuff from the, yesterday into the new one, man, it's going to keep piling up, dude. And eventually you're going to get overcome by it. Yep. And for me, it was, uh, for me, I went to ranger school. And uh, that's how I ended up going to ranger school. It was one of the, uh, you know, there were several things that happened. You must have really my... screwed up then, man, because the only reason officers go to ranger school in the SEAL teams is if that happened. It, well, you know what? Uh, my, the leadership, well, there the, Well, the that's not, kinda, not all of them, but, you know, most. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I went because I messed up. There yeah. was no doubt about it. And as a matter of fact, it actually was pretty smart of the leadership because, one, there were guys who were like, hey, man, this guy's made a bunch of uh, mistakes. Uh, you know, we question his tactical abilities. He's arrogant. You know, if we don't do something, you know, he could potentially get guys killed. That was kind of the mindset. So I think the leader, my leadership definitely saw, hey, man, Jay's got some great traits, but we need to humble this guy. And that is how this journey of Ranger School started. And, and, and Morgan, going back, uh, it wasn't it wasn't a quick thing. I sat on that X for a long time and still saw myself in the beginning as a little bit of a victim that I got thrown under the bus. So it took about six months to come to grips and, uh, ended up at Ranger school. And, uh, I'll be honest, something happened in Ranger school, a moment I'm not very proud of, but it is a moment that once again, the big man upstairs stepped in and changed my life. And, uh, I I got to Ranger school and I was still kind of bitter. I was still kind of fighting back about what happened instead of being humble and being like, dude, you got a second chance. All you got to do is cross this school, come back, earn back trust of the guys. Instead, I was bitter about being there. Um, and, and I will admit it came after, you know, this is now, um, January of 2006. So obviously, you know, I finished that deployment, Marcus, that you were on, uh, got home around mid-October. Uh, obviously, we had lost a lot of guys, close friends of mine on that deployment. So, And then I got myself in trouble on top of that. So I was carrying a lot of mental baggage on top of getting in, in trouble. So heading to Ranger School created some of those. Uh, I was just bitter. That's tough, man. I, especially when, it's, like I said, it starts stacking on top of you. And ultimately, we're in the teams. Kind of like sometimes, man, it's just like, hey, man, if I'm screwed up, man, hey, tell me, right? But then it gets to the point to where, like, hey, man, I didn't try to tell you. At what, at what point did humility set in and you came to the realization that I need to take a an objective look angle on this and say, it's me? Uh, it happened It happened at a moment within the first week of ranger school. So I, I was, I'll be honest, I was just being an asshole. There were, you know, ranger school is an interesting place. Nobody wears any rank. And uh, so you have guys in ranger school that have been in for probably – you know, the higher end, maybe 15 years, the vast majority are either young Rangers from, you know, bat boys that came from the battalion. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones are, uh, straight out of army infantry basic course. So they're young officers. So you got this hodgepodge of, you know, maybe 300 people in a Ranger class. You get split up into three different companies with about a hundred. I was in a company and I just, I was just kind of an asshole. I wasn't really talking to anybody. I was sticking to myself. And like I said, just bitter. This is in uh, now February of 2006, bitterly cold down in Fort Benning. And uh, long story short, man, I, you know, I was a point man at one time. I walked rear security. 
you know, I was good at navigating. And when I did the Ranger School land nav course, we started about 3 a.m. And I kind of took my time in the dark, arrogantly thinking I'm going to crush this course. Well, as the sun rose, I had only found three points. And you, you uh, five points, you pass. I think six points is perfect. So I'm hauling ass around Fort Benning. Well, I only got to my fourth point. I failed the course. And when I checked in, the ranger instructors were giving me a lot of grief. And all that baggage, you know, this poor emotional leadership on, that, on my part bubbled up to where those guys started talking shit to me. And I basically said, hey, screw you guys. You can take this course and jam it up your ass. And they were like, are you quitting? And I was like, yes. Um, so they said, Roger that, you're going to go see the colonel. So uh, the colonel couldn't see me that afternoon. I had to go see him the next morning. But all night, I laid in bed thinking, what the hell are you doing? You've never quit anything in your life. Like, this, your career is over. You realize that, right? And uh, so the next morning, I had to go see the colonel. And uh, I'll be honest, man, I was dead, I was dead ashamed. Uh, you know, here I am, I'm a team guy. Everything in us is about never quitting. And, and in a moment of rage and frustration and just emotional stupidity, you know, I allowed my, my ego to get in the way to quit something just because I had some ranger instructors talking shit to me. So I sit down in front of the Colonel and, you know, basically he's like, you know, what are you doing? And once again, still refusing to humble myself. And I just say, you know, Hey man, I've been railroaded, you know, bad experience. I'm here. I guess I'm out of here. And he was like, well, he's like, do you want to talk to one of your teammates? And I was like, no, man, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to tell them what I did. Just process me out. I guess I'm going to go home and start a new life. You know, somewhere between, Afghanistan and, you know, Fort Benning, Georgia, I lost my overcome mindset. So uh, he goes, well, I'm good friends with a uh, senior leader, uh, the same senior leader, one-legged leader who uh, spoke at my retirement. He happens to dial him up. They had worked together at another uh, uh, soft command. Well. And he, di he dials him up. And dude, what are the, this is a God moment right here. What are the odds that he dials him up and he happens to be on the other end of the phone right at that moment. And he picks it up and he says, here, you know, it's uh, Captain, in my book, I call him Captain Vince Peterson. Yeah, yeah. He goes, hey, it's Captain Peterson. Why don't you say, why don't you talk to him? And, and uh, you know, Peterson was my CO uh, when I was younger. He uh, assisted me in getting my commission. I mean, dude, when he handed me that phone, it was like, you know, handing the phone from your dad. I mean, you can't say no. Right. And he handed me the phone and I kind of, you know, <laughs> I kind of said, Hey, this is all the <laughs> things that are going on. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you guys know him. I mean, he has this amazing way of leadership and just, um, he doesn't yell. Yeah, he's kind of right, right to the point. What's that? Yeah. He doesn't yell. He's just kind of straight to the point. He makes you, you know, he basically makes you, tells you what you're doing and you realize to where you can realize it. Not only that, you're like, oh, damn, screwed up. Yep. And that's exactly what he did. He basically laid out, what are you doing? He said, you know, if you continue down this path, you're going to be home next week. And he said, I'll have you out of the Navy the week after that. How are you going to take care of your wife and kids if, uh, if we do that? And, and, and I told, and then I told him something, he gave me probably the best leadership advice, which finally Morgan shook me out of this stupid phase and made me realize it's never too late. I told him this, I said, you know, sir, I've messed up too much. I said, I made these mistakes. You know, I've, I've damaged my trust with the guys. I've damaged my credibility. And now I've made this mistake at Ranger School. The guys are never going to follow me again after all this. And he said to me, people will follow you if you give them a reason to. He said, go back, crush that course, and come back to the SEAL teams and give them a reason to follow you. And in that moment, I was like, holy shit, man, he is absolutely right. So... <laughs> Hung up with him. Ta -da. Yeah. You know, light bulb went off and finally my overcome mindset kicked back in that never quit mindset. And I asked the Ranger Colonel, I said, all right, will you put me back in my class? <laughs> and he goes, no. He said, but I'll roll you back a month. You'll go sit in Ranger School jail for a month 
And uh, so for a month, I literally walked around Fort Benning picking up trash. <laughs> and it was during it was during that month that I finally broke through and humbled myself. And I really started to think about a lot of the bad decisions I had made as a leader and what it is to lead and what I needed to do. And that I was going to I was just going to take things one evolution at a time. And uh, and that was the start of a whole new journey that uh, I've been on ever since, you know, still a student of leadership to this day. Right, absolutely, because it changes every day. I did not know that story about you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my for those out there, if you haven't read my book, the Trident, the Trident is that entire journey. It's that entire journey of of making some mistakes as a young leader. That journey through Ranger School, finally coming to understand what it is to be a leader, excelling in Iraq, and then being wounded, and coming to understand that you can lead from any situation, including including a hospital bed. It's just it's your attitude and how you project yourself. Sure. And the most important, I mean, the first thing you learned is just as important as the last thing you learned. That's why you, you learned it. You stack, you stack those together. You don't just learn it and forget it and separate it. That's how you kind of reaching for the star, right? You get blinded by the light. A lot of that stuff kind of shakes you off and you can wind up going down the wrong rabbit hole. But once you realize where you're at, man, you stop, take a breath, turn around and you got to go back out of it and you fix everything you screwed up on the way back. That way, when you get out of that hole, you're standing there just like the rest of us waiting, man. It's like, hey, the best part about that is when you got a team, when you humble yourself completely and you, re- you realize that we're actually here to help, man. We're, we're not here to hurt you. Those comments and criticisms we were throwing on you were just kind of our way of saying, hey, look, man, without grabbing you and saying you're screwing up. Once you realize that, man, it just it brings pure joy to your life. I mean, when you get on the other side, when you see everything from from the angle that we look at it now. I mean, the hard times that we've been through. I mean, the scars on our body. I look at my my tattoos and my scars. And I'm like, every time I get in a hard situation, I'm like, man, if, if this situation can't do to me what I've already been through, then I'm not going to sweat it. I just got to deal yep. with it. I mean, because they still come. They're going to come every day. Matter of fact, the more proficient you get, the more you more perspective and the more you understand, actually, the harder it gets because you do see everything that's going on around you. And when you start ignoring it and or not paying attention to it, man, it just creeps up and kind of bites you. And there are some times when you get hit from an angle you didn't even expect. You know, those are the amazing ones. Like everyone yeah. thinks to get to one to, from point A to point B is that straight line. You know, we do all 359 different directions, but every now and again, there's a little corner stuck in the side there. You didn't notice, man. And they'll come in there and tap you on the shoulder from it. You know, you get to the point to when you realize even in the hard times in the test that, that everything's kind of by design, right? The good Lord has a plan. So you get to the point to where you, like I laugh sometimes. I'm like, oh man, that was a good one. I didn't even see that coming. After everything that we've been through, you know, because now you're like, oh, dude, that was so good. I didn't even see that one coming, man. But I, and then once you re- start doing the, the recollect, you're like, I even saw the signs pointing that that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Yep. It's called will, willfully blind is what it's called. And you nailed it. I mean, so many of us do it. Uh, you know, that's something I, yeah, you nailed it, Marcus. I mean, I talk about it in my book that uh, so many of us see the signs. It's just like rolling into an ambush. Oftentimes, like you saw some of the indicators, you felt some of the indicators, but, you know, oftentimes either we ignore them or we just push them to the side until suddenly you're in it. And then all of a sudden you're like, damn, I should have heeded that. Or I saw that. Now it <laughs> makes sense. What I know, I right? saw. Cause then you're, then you're, then it's on you. You're like, Oh, they're at, man. That's how you learn. And there is, there is actually enjoyment and bliss in that when you, when you go through all of that and then even, even, now, when you're when you're getting tested, man, he's got a good way of showing, you know, finding a way to poke you. Like, hey, man, I think I know everything. I'm good to go. And I know. Watch this. <laughs> to any person you talk to, you can always say, hey, man, you, you don't even know what you don't know, right? And when you yeah. kind of have that that, oh, cool, man. But I'm willing to learn it though. Not only that, I got the wherewithal, and I know that my body can take most anything I can that can get thrown at me. And um, Opening up, man, that when you when you hit that humble point and then you open up and you talk to everybody, you know, you can open because you're not embarrassed. That's a huge thing, the ego part, man. You're just embarrassed to talk about stuff. And that'll eat you up. I mean, in the teams, oh, the reason we pick on each other as hard as we do, uh, the way we do it is that's how you, I mean, that's a lot of times that's how you relate. That's how you, you get in there and you talk about the hard times or the problems that somebody's going on is by bringing all that out. It, it, it's kind of a little hidden way we connect with each other. A lot of times you can't do that when you get on the outside. You know, when they separate us, we talked about that void, man. You're just like, hey, my jokes aren't working out here. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, 
<laughs> what I used to do to get rid of my steam is not working out here. It just gets more steam thrown, you know, on me. I, uh, so yeah, the, the dark humor in the uh, civilian world doesn't go over well. I was actually just, uh, I was with a couple of team guys last weekend up in New York and we were, we were talking about that, how you get out and you drop some of these dark humor jokes and people look at you like, what the hell's wrong what? with that guy? What just came out? Oh, of I did that in mouth? government and they just, uh, it didn't gel well. No. <laughs> the last thing, you know, what's a lot of fun is when you, uh, when and this does, I guess we were talking a little bit as we get a little older, that wisdom creeps in. And it's fun when you see uh, younger versions of yourself start to make some of the same mistakes and you can pull them aside and be like, hey, man, you know, you may want to think about doing this a little differently or you get to have colorful ways. So uh, with LinkedIn jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily. For any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Pretty funny story that occurred couple months ago, uh, actually it was about a month ago, my uh, son threw a little shindig at the house mm. and this shindig turned into what was supposed to be only be about 10 or 15 of his friends into this full blown party. And, uh, I, I it, all together. <laughs> oh yeah. And I let it go for a little while, but I had to be up early. I had to be up at 4am to head to the airport. So finally about one I was like, all right, I've had enough. I went downstairs and this party's fully picking up steam and there's gotta be at least 50, 60 kids there. Well, it turns out the majority of them are all from the Naval Academy. Mm. My, uh, my son's <laughs> best friend is at the Naval Academy. These kids are all down there on their summer cruise and they all ended up at my house. So I, I step out back and I tell my son, hey, kill the music. This party's done, man. You know, it's too loud. I can hear it all the way through the neighborhood. And uh, but they couldn't hear me. It was so loud. So finally, I yell at the top of my lungs. I'm like, turn it off. And this one kid is kind of standing off to the left and he starts getting lippy with me. And I'm like, who are you? And he goes, who are you? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm the guy that owns this house. I said, you're at the Naval Academy, right? And he looks like, no. And I was like, yeah, you are. I'm also the guy that can mess up your career. <laughs> so uh, I turned around and left and uh, I was mad in the moment. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I would have been that dumbass back then who was lippy, you know, because I didn't have good situational awareness. I, I came in someplace and wasn't aware of where I was or who I was around so, uh, yeah, I pulled aside my son's best friend and this kid, and that's exactly what I talked to them about is situational awareness. I talked to them similar to combat. You know, you got permissive, non-permissive, semi-permissive environments. I said, everywhere you go, you should be looking at the world that way, including a party, including where, when you go out. So it, it was a lot of fun to sit these kids down and say, hey, man, don't make some of the mistakes that I made. You know, you guys are just starting your military careers. You're going to both of them interested in following our past. And I said, you know, don't make some of the same mistakes I did, man. Have that situational awareness. Know what you're getting yourself into. Be aware of it. And uh, so anyways, I offered mentorship to both those guys. So a lot of fun to take some of the lessons we've learned. Uh, you know, we did it the knuckleheaded way and you know, they'll, they'll do it the knuckleheaded way too. But sure. Maybe we can hey, make that was great. Just a little yeah, smarter. That was absolutely great officer advice. So if you, but my, if I was standing there with you, the list of perspective is like, Hey, the, knowing it, and, and furthermore, it's a, it's amazing how fast you can throw a party into gear at that age. I mean, cause I know oh. what you're talking about. Hunter did that to me, man. I, I literally went from zero to, to a full on bash within minutes. Right. <laughs> you gotta walk out there like, Hey, look, man, I, I'm trying to give you your situational awareness. And then if you make it into the program, you become a seal and then absolutely you'd be throwing a party. Like, cause that's what we do. Right. And if somebody comes in there saying, you know, Hey, turn the music down. You just kind of turn it up a little bit more. And for whatever reason that that's that mindset. When we get in there, like, Hey, it, it, the best part is when they go, man, you don't know what you're talking about. What do you know? That's kind of the same thing we did to the older guys around us. They're like, Hey, wear ear pro. So, so you don't true. go, so you don't go deaf. I'm like, I ain't gonna go deaf. You don't know anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Knees, shoulders, and back. It's going to be hurting when you get older. No, it's not. You know, like we're, we're, we were different than the guys above us and vice versa, man. So 
that's the cool part. That's what helps with having kids, man. When you when you learn that, they teach you that perspective because they're the next version of us. Like Mark yep. One, Mod Two, just all the doors are shut. So you're back there chasing yourself around from zero to whatever age because our kids don't grow up fast. They just get big fast. Growing up takes forever. We're still doing it. Then I was like, every time you get mad at yourself, at your kid, you just get mad at yourself. Because, I mean, it's either they don't know it or you haven't taught it to them yet. And it's another way to get humbled. I was talking to a kid. Uh, Hunter's got some of his buddies over for the summer. And we were talking about, man, the minute you decide to have a kid, that's when you've decided that you wanted to stop growing up. Because you got to take that pause. And everything that you are at that, real, that moment is what you can teach your kid, hopefully. Other than that, y'all are going to have to learn it together. And it's, yep. it's tough to do that sometimes those, in those situations, man, with, with the kids around. But, man, all that comes with age. You can't get ahead of that. The timeline's set. We're just in the middle of it playing. It's like the most perfect game ever. Age, age and experience. And that's, I mean, I know you, pro- you guys probably see this. I mean, you know, I meet a lot of people that will ask me about, you know, raising kids. And I, and, and I watch some of my friends who try and put these super rigid, you know, they don't allow their kids to get out and live. And I'm like, hey, man, you got to let them to get out and make mistakes. Because if they don't make mistakes, they're not going to figure out how, A, to fall and fail, and then to do it in the civilian world. So, you know, I, I tell my kids, I'm like, it's my job to guide you and you to get out there and, and you're going to mess up. You're going to make some bad decisions. You're going to do things that I told you not to do. But at the end of the day, you're also going to reap the repercussions for those bad decisions. And you're going to figure out how to pick yourself back up and drive forward. Because there is a reward in that as well. Oh, there yeah. is a, there's, there's rewards in all of it, man. It's just how much of it you retain. Well, that's great, brother, man. I know we went over time, but I, that, that was awesome, dude. Great job. Thanks thank for you sharing so that. much for coming out and, and doing that again. Yeah, fellas. Thank you, man. We'll have to uh, link up the next time I'm down in Texas. Yeah, Jay, when, tell us when's your new book coming out? Yeah, tell, us, uh, tell everybody about what you got going on and um, where they can find you and, and get your books and everything. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, so the new book is Overcome. And uh, how to conquer adversity with proven leadership techniques from uh, America's toughest warriors. And I had uh, I had a lot of great guys that contributed to the book. Bill McRaven contributed. Stan McChrystal. Stan McChrystal talks about what happened. Uh, and uh, and that's really what it's all about. It's about everybody in life is going to have these life ambushes, these these hard moments, these failures, these major crises, these, this adversity, and how we navigate our way through that, and then how we lead ourselves out of that. Uh, not only how we lead ourselves, but also how we lead others. So whether it's a personal failure, or a personal crisis, business failure, business crisis, or or even a family failure and a family crisis how we deal with it in the moment, and then how we lead ourselves and others out of it. So that's what the book's about. And uh, the, the people that have read it so far who've got a sneak peek, they love it. But uh, Overcome, it's available for pre-sale right now, and, uh, and it's available on December 10th. All right. And uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything like that? Yeah, you guys can find me. Uh, Jason Redman, WW, is uh, on all my platforms. Twitter, I'm most... Uh, I'm most involved on Instagram. So if you hit me up on Instagram, I always respond back, uh, usually within 24 hours. But uh, you can hit me on Twitter or Facebook also. Uh, and I'm on YouTube. Bad job, man. <laughs> hey, bro, good job. Hey, I'm not kidding. From the, I, my favorite thing to do when, we get to, when the boys come in, man, and talk about what they're doing now, because, you know, we're separated. Even though we keep up with each other, it's hard to see, like, on that the inner workings of what we're learning. Cause that's a beautiful part about when we're in the platoon and we're doing the workup, man, you see everyone learning. You see how yeah. from the time, the, especially in the house, right? Like you guys are just soup. And then after a while, man, they're the most proficient and they just, it just takes, it takes it getting that battle rhythm, man. And, and everything that you take from it and learn from it. And I don't know why I remember this one time we were at team 10, you and I ran into each other in the, in the, uh, in the gear or the, in the locker room somewhere. You just gotten out of one of your surgeries, which however many of those were and going into another yeah. man. And I just remember, man, your attitude was just, it was good then after everything you'd been through. And now just seeing the, what you pulled from that, that's, that's, that's the, Man, that's the most beneficial thing to that and give it and furthermore giving that back i mean you got to think everything that we were taught we learned from the, from our from the community from the pe- american people anyways they're the ones that develop the program and allow us to go in and do all that so coming back on the other side and passing 
the lessons learned from the from the gift that they gave us is man it's, that's something dude good job again thank you yeah and hug the family Thanks. and tell them we love you man and uh we'll see you later Well, brother, what what'd you think, man? He I always love talking to him. He didn't disappoint, right? No, every every time I, every time I see him, something else comes up that, like, damn, man. I think either God really hates you, or there's, he's got big plans for you. I just has the best sense of humor about you. It's yeah, a- I, I he overall, you get in those situations, you're like, man, it is. I've I've done something wrong. He's and the good Lord's mad at me. Like, well, or or, or not. Or man, you're just doing so well. Just keep. It's got a solid plan or something. Puts you in harder situations. Yeah, he's just. I mean, he's got a cool story. I mean, I did. I knew some of his story, but not anything we picked up today. No, that's yeah, that's the first time I ever heard that too. He's a he's a go getter. That's I mean, he's always hustler man. Just getting it done. I'll never forget when I ran into him after one of his story. His face wasn't even put together yet, and and it was just. He's just like, yeah, I'm good, man. I just, all right, man. <laughs> he, he turned everything around. All of all of his experiences and. He turned that around and, and, and put it back into the community to help vets. I don't know if too many people know that, but he started Wounded Warrior Wear, providing veterans with clothes, you know, to you let, truly to, 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 I mean, give them recognition. And then he started up another foundation that helped veterans get through if they had a you know a myriad of uh, symptomatic issues from either post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury or just were, were, were struggling in life with career or family and put a, a, a great team together to help that and then now he's transitioning in he wrote some great books has another one coming out you can tell he was humbled when he says that when he said he was humbled he was you know somebody's humbled if they're telling you how assed up they are yeah and then taking it all the way back and, and not only transitioning back to the right path and when, when he get out he starts giving back good on you brother man i wish i wish we could all be like you did today's episode ignite a new fire in you If there's one thing I've learned, it's that sharing your story is a powerful thing. There are people out there that need a kick in the ass, and your story could be the one thing that changes their life forever. Take a minute to share your story at teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. Just click on the share your story button in the menu so that we can encourage you along the way. Your story just might be shared on one of our upcoming episodes. Hey, this show helps a lot of people, and if you think it could help somebody in your life and your friend group, then leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people discover the show so that we can keep promoting the message of never quitting. Do you want exclusive access to the show and bonus behind-the-scenes content? Join us at Patreon. You will get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content, access to the exclusive Patreon community where you can support others and get rare access to me, Marcus, and all of our incredible guests. All right, team, thanks again for bringing on another amazing guest and for allowing us to do that. can't believe they look like just keep listening. It's awesome. Uh, I mean... It's because he's got some amazing stories we're bringing on here. Yeah, we can't thank you all enough, man. I tell you what, every, every day... I learned something and get get better and and change for the better. It's just it, it's a blessing, man. So thank you guys again for bringing us on. Like thank God, thank my brother for stepping up, man, yeah. Andrew. And um, we'll be back next time. We're God. out. See you. God bless.